Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. of life and healing flowing to the body soul and mind God of miracles God of the impossible is he
Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to bring an offering in honor of who you are and to thank you for your goodness and your mercies. We ask, O oh God, that you bless these monies and these seeds. And I pray that may you create a cycle of blessings in our lives as we also create a cycle of giving. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Uh, service is now complete without a testimony. What do you think? And testimonies just simply shows us that God is alive. God is good and God is working in our lives. So we're going to have two testimonies. One in-person testimony and then one video testimony. Hallelujah. So uh, I think my wife is giving a testimony about how bad of a husband I am and how good I am today. <laughs> and after that, we'll have a video testimony. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The presence of the Lord is here. I just want to glorify God with, I brought my phone and I'm keeping track of the minutes because um, I love to talk, but I'm not going to be long. Somebody asked me if I was gonna sing and I think if I sing, I'll see all of you make a mass exit. So I'm not gonna sing, but I just wanted to testify of the goodness of God taking us from Hawaii bringing us back here in the journey. But for you to understand it, I need to tell you that several years ago, when we got married, we could not have children. So I went to Ghana, and I had an opportunity to actually meet the bishop. And when he met me, I was talking, and I said, you know what, we've been married for almost three years. We can't have children. He said, what is the problem? And I said, it's something called unexplained infertility. And he said, wow, it's unexplained. So what have you been doing? And I said, oh, my company gives us, you know, money for fertility, so I've just been going to the, you know, the clinic and doing what we can do in the flesh. And he looked at me and he said, you know what, Echan, when you guys go back to America, I have a fertility clinic, but I'm telling you that I don't want you to go back to the fertility clinic again. And at that homecoming, he had preached on obedience, the different level of obedience. And one of them was when it doesn't make sense. But when he said it, I said, no problem. He called me and he said, you know what, let me pray for you. But before I pray for you, I'm gonna call for a witness because I need you to say a few things before I pray for you. I said, okay, sure. He said, the very first thing is when God blesses you with a child, you are never gonna use that as an excuse to prevent Patrick from doing God's work. I said, sure. That was a covenant, because he called the witness. He was very serious, and I said, okay. He said, never use the children. And the second one he said is that, don't sit at the back and become a mommy. I think those of you who understand it, and become a big woman in the church, that now you have you know, children. So I said, no problem. I came back to America, but I kept that vow that I had made behind me. Nothing was happening. I was at, you know, here doing God's work. And then I got a call that Bishop was coming. I'm always one of those people that's happy to serve tea, you know, happy to sell books or anything for him. And I was at work in San Antonio, and I heard, oh, Bishop is having a pastor's conference for American pastors in a place called Baton Rouge. And over there, you know, we need somebody to help sell books. 
I said, oh wow, I'm here on business selling hotels. If I can sell books for my dad, it's more of a privilege. But I looked at the, you know, the tickets from where I was. I was in San Antonio to Baton Rouge. And the ticket was $800, because it's a short notice. But I have something that is called my she account, which my generous husband allows me to have. So my A1. But I took that, um, I looked at the ticket. The ticket was about 800 All the money that was in my she account, that account is always hanging on grace and mercy anyway, was you know, write about that. So I took all the money, I bought the ticket, I went, I, you know, helped sell the books. But when we, you know, finished selling the books, followed him around, he looked at, you know, he met him as well in Orlando. He looked at both of us, and I always remember that look on his face. It's just, he wasn't, you know, prophesying, he wasn't, he was just talking. And he says, you know what, I'm so thankful to you guys. If some of you remember the tasters and partakers, meeting in Orlando, he looked at us and he just said, thank you for coming. May God give you what you want. I left that meeting. I came back. It's not like I came back three months later. I, from the time that my foot stepped in Atlanta, I never saw my period. I was pregnant. But thank you, God. I always had to remember the vow that I made on that stairs. He says, when God gives you the children, it's never going to be an excuse to prevent Patrick to serve God. All of a sudden, Reverend Patrick said he was going to Hawaii. At that point, I had been to Hawaii before two times, so I knew what the place was like. I knew how expensive. I knew school, but I always had to remember what I said, said on that Kodesh steps. I knew the schools were not good. I knew everything, but I was like, we are going. Wherever that, you know, it is. And he used to make jokes that I didn't say Mali, you know, it's Hawaii. So I was like, you know, sure. When we got, you know, to Hawaii, I had just got promoted at work before we left. So a lot of people said, you just got this promotion. It's such a good job. You know, would they allow you to work from Hawaii? I thought, oh, sure, they would allow me to work because I work remotely. But I asked one of the big bosses, and she said, no, we cannot allow you to work from Hawaii. That was a very you know, big surprise to me. So that means, I mean, meant that going to Hawaii meant I had to quit my job, which I had just you know, gotten promoted. I turned in my notice. I went just believing God. When we landed in Hawaii, on the very last, they allowed me to work from there for a little bit. But on the very last day of my job, a man, I guess, a force had touched somebody's heart. And he called me and he's, you know, one of the bosses, he says, you know what, we will allow you to work as a consultant from Hawaii. But at that point, I was already in Hawaii and I was willing to walk away from my, you know, job. So he allowed me to work as a consultant from Hawaii. When I was in Hawaii, I remember making jokes about listening to Lady Reverend's um, and Bishop's message about, you know, eating corned beef. And I, I mean, sometimes it wasn't easy because I always say I haven't eaten more corned beef stew, you know, than I ate when I was in, um, in Hawaii because food is so expensive. But then, you know, through it all, God blessed us so much, even in a land where it was so difficult. I make jokes about the fact that, you know, Atlanta is where I was. And in Atlanta, you know, people sell a lot of um, hair extensions. But when I was going to Hawaii, I thought, oh, never. But I also sold more in that business in Hawaii than I ever sold in Atlanta. <laughs> to, to fast forward it, when we were about to come back to the States, one of the very big, you know, 
senior vice president at my company, she's the one that was not in favor of me working from Hawaii because the moment I had told them I was leaving, she promised my job to somebody else. I knew about it, but I didn't, you know, take any, um, you know, I, I didn't take any offense against her. But when we were getting ready to come, you know, back, one of the bosses in Atlanta, the same person, before I realized, he had put miracle money, $500. He didn't know we're coming back in my account in Hawaii. I don't know him. All I know him is through the job because he just says, you know what? I'm so proud of what you and Patrick went to do. It's just a token. But every, I, I still think about how can a vice president from my company, how did he even find my account? And I realized that I had filled the consultant paperwork. He says, me and my wife just want to be a blessing to Patrick and you. And then he told me, anytime you're ready to come back to the state, let me tell you something. His boss is the one that doesn't like me, but he is under his boss. But he says, you know what? Anytime you guys are ready, just call me because you will have a job. I said, wow. Time fast forwarded. We were coming back. I called him. I said, you know what? We are coming back to Connecticut. He said, let me see what I can do. They had interviewed somebody for the position I'm in already, ready to make an offer. He said, no, I'm calling HR. We're going to put that position back online. I need you to go right now and apply for that position. So I went online. I applied for the position. I interviewed for it. Before I know, they had given me the position. But the interesting thing is that, think about it. The position came with a 15% raise. I was gone to Hawaii for a year. So I just sat down and I said, how do you lay your job down in a year? Come back with a better position and come back with a raise as well. And I said, only God, his mercy, his favor can do it. The other thing with the Hawaii um, school systems is that the school systems are not good. But as we were going, I knew what we were going into. I think Bishop makes jokes all the time about his children's schools. So as they were going to the schools, those of us from Ghana, I call it, you know, the Saito. But I walked them proudly to go to the school because I knew that God will add his, his you know, his intellect, whatever he needed to do to make them excel. But they went to the Hawaii schools. I tried to teach them at home. When they came back to Connecticut, I think everybody knows that the Connecticut schools are very good schools. And I got their, you know, their testing report card. And both of them exceeded the state standards and exceeded their school standards. And I said, you know what? God is faithful. Anything that you even, you know, lay back, anything that you find to do in his house, any vow that you make, keep it. Because he can, you know, he's the only one that can honor you. But even as we are here, I know that we have entered the city. I've entered the city of my marriage because 12 years ago, my husband proposed to me in New York City, 42nd Street. And um, it's only, you know, it's only no more babies. You know, I think we'll stop at three. Bishop always says anything after three is not good for mission work. But we're, we're thankful to God, um, you know, for all that he has done. Amen. shout of praise. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be in 2018? Are you happy to be in 2018? Why are you sitting down like that? Give the Lord a shout of praise. What a blessing. Hallelujah. It's a year of good things. The Bible says Jesus has come as a priest 
of good things. Expect good things this year in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We have fantastic testimonies today. We want to put our hands together for our brother Darius to share his powerful testimony of what God has done for him. Amen. Darius is from Mustard Seed UK. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Darius, what has God done for you? Amen. <clears throat> By the grace of God, I would like to thank God for um, replacing all the gadgets that signified poverty in my life through the prophecy of Bishop, our prophet. Amen. You said you want to thank God for what? Oh, for, I want to thank God for replacing all the gadgets. Replacing that, all the gadgets, all the gadgets. that are in your life. That signified that poverty. That signified poverty. Yeah. Through the prophecies of the prophet. Of our prophet. Yeah. Tell us how did it happen. So, in September, my brother was working and he gave me a call. And he said, what's going on? Like, you're not serious. I don't feel like you are connecting with the podcast, listening to the messages. While people are receiving, you're not receiving. What's going on? And then he encouraged me to listen to podcasts. Well, me, I like video podcasts. So I began to start soaking in and watching video podcasts and listening to video podcasts. So on the 8th of October. 8th of October. Yes, Bishop, our prophet prophesied that anything, gadget that signifies poverty. Any gadget that what? Signifies poverty. That signifies poverty. In our lives. In your life. Will be replaced. Will be replaced. We should receive new things. Receive good things. Receive new phones. Receive good phones. New iPads. Good iPads. New microwaves. Good microwaves. New everything. Good everything. Uh -huh. And what happened after that prophecy? So on that day, on the Tuesday, which was the 10th of October, my lecturer message me that he wants to see me. Your what? My lecturer. Your you lecturer? Know? Yeah. In school? In school, yes. Okay. So when he messaged me, I said, hey, attendant again. <laughs> so I started dodging my lecturer. And then the following day, when I was still dodging and I left, the last minute he met me at the gate and said, ah, I've been looking for you for two days. Where have you been? Your lecturer was looking for you. For me for And you were days. dodging him. I was dodging him. Because you were afraid it was going to be something bad. About my attendance. And not this year, somebody important is going to look for you. But don't be afraid of the meeting. Because it is your year of good things. You will hear good things in the name of Jesus. So was it a bad thing or a good thing? It was a good thing. What happened when you went to see your lecturer? He took me to his office and he said, oh, I have something for you. Your lecturer said he has something for something you. Something for me, yes. Why do lecturers in the UK give things to their students? They, I've never seen some before. He said he has something for you. Normally it's for everybody, but he said he has something for me. And what did he have for you? And it was a brown box. A black box. A brown box. A brown box. Yeah. Your lecturer gave you a brown box. A brown box, yes. Oh. <laughs> was there something in the brown box? There was something heavy in the brown box. What was inside the brown box? When I opened the brown box, I saw to my surprise a brand new Tierra iPad 4 mini. A brand new one? Tierra Rubber. Tierra iPad 4. A brand new Tierra iPad 4. I used to do like that. Give the Lord a shout out. For free, no fee, no nothing. This is the iPad. Why? I my old iPad was cracked. So Your old iPad was, was cracked. Was cracked. It yeah. was a symbol of poverty. Poverty. What was the prophecy again? And the prophet said, anything that symbolizes poverty in our life shall be replaced. Every gadget. Every gadget. That signifies poverty. poverty in our life. Some of you are holding yams. Some of 
I want to say to you is that if I am six hours away and I'm able to, you are what? Six hours away. Six hours away. Yeah. And what happened to you? I'm, I'm able to receive the prophecy practically in my life. Practically. Everybody here should be receiving and flowing fully in the it prophecy. It's your time to receive it, Lord Are you sitting out like that? <laughs> May everything that represents poverty in your life change. Everything that represents poverty in your life change. Including the car you drive. Including the car you drive. The car. See a rubber car. Amen. Yeah. What a prophet. Some of you, your phone needs to be replaced. In the name of Jesus. Anything. You see, some things represent poverty. Like, what is it? You understand? May anything that represents poverty in your life be changed. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Especially your car. <laughs> Receive it. Now, what a, what a powerful testimony! What a church you said. Look, and you know, as a child was sharing her testimony, you know, the thing about testimony is that they line up with scripture. Do you understand? As they line up with scripture, once somebody is sharing a testimony, you can actually see a Bible passage. As she was sharing a testimony, it was lined up with the story of the Shunammite woman. Go read it. Just line by line. He didn't have a child. He has a child. Then there was a, a problem in the land. She left and traveled to a far country and sold all her properties. When she came back, she was reinstalled and increased. Exactly. Just like the children of woman. Yeah. The only difference between her testimony and the children of was that the children of her husband was old. This one, her husband was young. <laughs> and powerful. Hallelujah. But you can see. She was a great woman. She, she perceived the anointing. She so encouraged her husband. And then she had a child. And then the, 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 the one that she left her job, her investment. And after he came back, and it was restored and increased. Go and read the Shunammite woman. It's exactly. May you be like the Shunammite woman. May you be wealthy. She was a very rich woman. May you be wealthy. And may you honor the anointing. And may you have your own she account. Those of you husbands who don't give your husband she account. You, come, you should come to Patrick for lessons. You should tell him, right? She understands she account. This is your money, honey. Use it, whatever you want to use it for. It's all yours. What a husband. Hey, Ghana boys, learn. May God give you a husband who will give you a she account. May God give you a husband who will give you a she account. Jessica, you don't believe it? May God give you a husband who will give you a she account. This type of everyday budget. <laughs> People are very romantic. They know how to marry, I tell you. We are all learning. Fantastic. 
she account. What's it called? I have my own word. She account. Her husband generously. Baba, head of you, mo. She has a. She has only a she account. She has both she and he account. <laughs> She account. It's a she. What is it? I should repeat. She. I said. I. For me, it is a she and he account. I'm sure when I leave, I will not. Be, I will not hear. <laughs> But it's good. It's a very good example. You understand? We should learn from him. Let's just by the side. Just, just learn, learn. You see? When I say, mm, I'm talking, I'm preaching. When we say enter the city, so you can enter into the city of your marriage. Marriage is also a, marriage is a land. And you can be on the outskirts. Struggle. Struggling. You understand? But you can also enter into the city. The marriage that every day there's quarreling, suspicion, fighting. I mean, that is in the bush. You have not entered the city. Because the same marriage, some people, it's not that everything is okay, but there's peace, there's understanding, there's openness, there's communication, there's trust, there is intensive sex. You have entered the real. <laughs> SIS. As opposed to this marriage that there is, you are married by quarreling, argument, stress. Says it's like a, a, a UN deal. <laughs> Negotiation. You are not entered the city. May you enter the city. Hallelujah. Wow. She account. A hey. one husband. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? Tell me about what a wonderful church. What a beautiful church. What a beautiful church. What a wonderful church. What a blessed church. You are blessed. Because some of you have actually, even, this not just by somebody's testimony, you have learned that there is something called. That's all. And probably that is the key you need in your marriage. That's all. That's all that you need. To enter the city. That's all. Just a she account will let you enter the city. I'm, I'm, look, I, I, just a she account will make you enter the city of your marriage. You don't know my wife. You don't know my wife. You don't know my wife. Prophet Kakrao, you see, I'm saying, let me preach. Prophet Kakrao said he was talking about the same husband openness. And he was talking about, look, you have to I mean, be open with your wife. What's the shit, prophet? <laughs> the guy said, shit, prophet. You don't know my wife. You don't have your wife, oh? The day she sees my account, I am dead. Mire or Pesika. It's like, yeah, that's the word. I'll, I'll translate Mire, the Pesika. Like my wife is very greedy for money. So this was she account, it doesn't apply to her. The day she sees my bank account, I'm dead. You see, such a mind, you will never enter into the city. No, you will not. You will not enter into the city. 
Look, I'll tell you something. When it comes to, you see, when you, when you treat women like you treat a buffet, you know why they do a buffet? I'm touching them. I'm preaching. You see, the secret behind a buffet is that they present you with a lot of food. And by that choice, you know, it actually even decreases your appetite. You can't eat much. That's the, that's the secret of a buffet. When you see, every time you see, you see, when you see a small food, you are hungry. You, want to see, you think it will finish. But when you see a lot of food, that, that, that is sort of so, people actually eat less at buffet. That's when they make a lot of money. So treat your wife like a buffet. Show her all the money. She won't chop. Rather, when you're supposed to wear all the money, then suddenly she knows what you have and what you don't have. So she does not make even demands. But because you are hiding, that's why she thinks there's something somewhere. I'm prophesying. Show her. I'm preaching. Once you let her know that this is where we stand, immediately she herself. Because all that she wants is the trust. Once she knows that you trust her, suddenly they back up. Why am I speaking the truth? But see, but when you hide it, then they think that you are rich. Something is somewhere. Huh? Uh-huh, that's the problem. As I'm preaching, somebody say, mm, Rabbi, what you're saying is true, but accounts are different, you see. <laughs> account women, they say, Shay! Then you brisk. <laughs> you see, that's where you that's where you are. And the Bible says, by your traditions, you have made null and void the word of God. Because somebody said, mm, Reverend, what you're saying is true, but not Ashanti women. <laughs> but you, you, you err. Hallelujah. So it's a, it's a revelation. Anyway, it's a good message. It's powerful. Francis, it's powerful. I know what I'm saying. If you want to enter the city, mm, open it. Don't forget. Buffet, wife, buffet, wife, buffet, wife, buffet, wife. <laughs> yeah. They will not. Hmm. Should I preach? Is it a good word? Mm, I'm preaching. I'm helping the men. I should help them, right? <laughs> they need it, right? She, 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 I can't. It's your testimony, right? It's your testimony that has brought all this here. But it's serious. It's actually true. No, it's true. You, anything you, you expose, it's that mystery of something is hiding somewhere. That brings all the suspicion. But it's clear. This is what it is. You find that they rather become reasonable. They feel that they are loved. Women, you see, women don't want macho. I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I'm talking a bit for you. <laughs> women don't. Women. No, 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 that, no. That, uh, okay, let me phrase my statement. Women don't need much. No, it doesn't. They don't take much to satisfy a woman. They don't need much at all. A little hello, sweetheart. Honey, cherish, it, cherish it. That's all. And they're fine. That's all. 
Yeah, that's all that you need. That's not much. Yeah. Hmm. All right, uh, let me preach. Uh, my time is almost up. Let me share away so that we can go home. <laughs> it's your testimony. Have you seen? I'm preaching. Because some of you, you are set in your ways. You would rather t- take the advice of your grandfather by the Bible. Say, hey, Oba! <laughs> yeah. You, you, you were told that, hey, a woman, it's not a pillow. Don't put your head on it. <laughs> Wrong advice. Believe the word of God. Hallelujah. Hey, they, are, they are not that bad. I mean, they, they are troublesome, but they are not that bad. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm teaching, young man, I'm teaching you, they don't need much. They don't need much. They don't need much. It's a key. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Birthday, send her a card. Open. When she's talking, even if you're not listening, pretend you are listening. <laughs> Just nod your head. That's all. Make sure that on her birthday, you are the first person to wish her happy birthday. That's all. That's all. Take care for dinner. I'm teaching. You understand? From time to time, wake up early in the morning, make tea for her. night, you have few sisters, get a cup of tea. This Saturday morning, I want you to lay in bed. Let me bring a cup of tea. Aww. You know? And um, just, just you've been working also for today. Why don't, Saturday, why don't, you, why don't you sleep in bed? I'll just give you a cup of tea, clean, uh, do the dishes, and take the children out. Can you go to the store? It's nice. But there's the other side. I won't say the other side, but you do it, this one. Hallelujah. Amen. It's your day, right? All right, we are talking about the anointing and it's anointed. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is also a message yep. to help you. You actually enter the city. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you enter. It will actually enter the city. It's, what is the point in marrying and you are not enjoying it? Ah, you paid for this diary, paid for this experience, you are not enjoying it. What's the point? The person has become your arch enemy. Oh yeah! We hear the person's name. You are huffing and puffing. What's the point? What is the point? No. You are not. You have not entered the city. Yeah. You have not. I see you entering the city. I see you entering the city. I see you entering the city.
the anointing and it's anointed. Last week we started talking about the anointing and it's anointed. For a few minutes, let me teach you so we can close. Because I think the message has come in one way or the other. That, uh, and I say, and, but this is very important, okay? The anointing and it's anointed. The real deal is the anointing. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and with power. The real thing you need in your life is the anointing. Once you have, get the anointing, it makes the difference. Once you get the anointing, the anointing is the power. It's the anointing that makes the difference. The the yoke is destroyed because of the anointing. Hallelujah. The real deal is the anointing. Amen. And I I said, and Acts 10 said that the anointing is the Holy Spirit and it's carried on the anointing. And we learned last week that what breaks the yoke is the anointing. But the anointing is carried by the anointing. And I was sharing with you like that. The oil is only a symbol. Hallelujah. The power is not in the oil. The power is in the person administering the oil. The Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Like I was sharing in the first service. It is, not, it, it is not the amount on the check, but who wrote the check. That's what I was sharing with you. That's the best you have to understand anointing. Jessica, I used to be happy with you annoyed with me. Like I was saying, if Jessica gives me a check of one million dollars, she says, Reverend, come, get a check, one million. I'm also, I, I might as well use that as a toilet roll because there's no. <laughs> I mean, she today writes me a check. It's, it's, it's as good as a toilet paper. Do you understand? I'm not sure it's a toilet paper. It's a plain note. But if, if I get a check with Bill Gates' name on one million dollars, it means something. So it's not a check. It's who wrote the check. So it's not the oil. Who is administering the oil? That's the power. That's why you don't have to waste your money buying oil, anointing oil from places. <laughs> You're wasting your money. You have $500 to buy a bottle of oil, put it in the offering, and God will bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Because then. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And um, we also shared with, I should also share with you that what breaks the, the yoke is the anointing. It's carried on the anointing. Hallelujah. And you have to learn to relate with the anointing. To, to feel the power of the anointing. Hallelujah. Yeah. Relate well. Connect well. Because you can sit in the truck. Like we said, we can sit in the bus. With somebody with HIV from New York to Boston, you will not catch HIV. Even though, even though you'll be robbing each other on the, the, the distance. Let's say the bus is crowded and we are, we, we are even touching it. You will not catch it. Unless somewhere on the way, a certain interaction happens. Then you will get it. So, so there's, there's a mode of transmission of the anointing. Hallelujah. And unless you react in the right way, you will not receive the anointing. Hallelujah. That is why a lot of people are near anointed people and they are dry. Because they don't re- Yeah. Yeah. They are dry. Because you, you lack the ability to connect well. Because you are looking at the person. Stop looking at the person and look at the treasure. For we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. And you need that treasure to break your yoke. 
Hallelujah. Today, I think, I want to, another thing about the anointing is, uh, I'm talking about, I want to talk to you about from this book, The Treasure in the Field. The anointing is very precious. Hallelujah. It's very, very precious. And the last time I checked, there is no precious thing that you can find on the street. I'm sure if I look down, I can find some trash. Some of you have put trash down. But I'm not likely to find gold here. No. There's nothing precious that you find on the streets. Precious things are hidden. Precious things are deep. And the Holy Spirit is precious. Amen. Let's read this account. Matthew. Matthew 10. Matthew 13. From verse 44 to 46. Matthew 13, 44 to 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in the field, the which when a man had found, he hid it, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he had, and buyeth that field, because something good is in that field. Okay? And again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. He said the kingdom, the power, is like a, a, a treasure in the field. It's hidden. And um, like, like a bishop was teaching from the book. You see, anything that is hidden or anything, anything that is a treasure and is hidden, it, it, the casual browser will not find it. It's not for the casual browser. If you want to get the anointing, the real deal, the power, it's not for the casual pressure. It's not for the, for the person who's strolling around casually. Hallelujah. It's a hidden treasure. Yeah. It is a treasure. It is hidden. Hallelujah. It is precious. Like, like real gold. You have to dig for it. Hallelujah. So, so even by the nature of the anointing. Okay. By the nature of the anointing and what it is. It means that lazy people can never be anointed. Uh-huh. By the nature it means laziness will cut you off from getting the anointing. Because it is precious. It is hidden. So it means some work is required. Some effort is required. So don't sleep that you can don't think you can sleep and snore and be anointed. It means that it, what I am trying to tell us all this afternoon is that one of the things that will keep the anointing from you is laziness. You will never be anointed. Because God has hidden it. I'm a God that hideth myself. And therefore it takes effort. Hallelujah. Yeah. Precious elements are, are hidden. You need to go to mine. You need to mine it. You need to spend time. You need to wait upon the Lord. You can't wake up in the night and pray. You can't fast and you want to be anointed. Forget it. It's precious. It takes effort. It's hidden. It's hidden. It's hidden. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. It's hidden. It's like a treasure in a field. It's not for the lazy person. <laughs> you see, I had a friend who used to work in the night. He was quite wealthy though. Very wealthy guy. But he, used to, he, he always used to work in the night. So I asked him, ah, why do you like working in the night? I asked him one day. He was quite a wealthy guy though. I said, why do you like working in the night? He told me that do you know why 
most people are poor. And I said, I don't know. He said, because most people sleep at night. So the money doesn't come out at night. It, sorry, the money doesn't come out during, during the daytime. It comes out at night when most people are asleep. So it's not only those who can stay up, wake, uh, those who can go and look for it in the night, they find it. But the people... Yeah. He said money doesn't come out during the daytime. Money comes out at night. Where most people are sleeping. That's why most people don't have money. So the few who can stay up at night, they find the money. You see, that's what he said, yeah. Money roams at night. Where most people are asleep. That's why he chose to work at night. But that's where you can find the money. So what, what is trying to say that if you like sleeping a lot, you'll never be prosperous. Hallelujah. The anointing is precious. You see, the anointing is not for lazy people at all. Are you hearing me? It's not for lazy people. No. I'm teaching you. You see, this thing that Bishop, let me also call Bishop Adi. Bishop Adi was the one who told us that look, one of the most difficult professions to be in is a full-time ministry. He told me and my wife, no. Yeah. You see, a lot of people go to full-time ministry not understanding. They think it's easy work. It's an escape from uh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh. So now, now I present I'm full-time ministry. He said, hey, it's one of the most difficult things. And he explained to us. He said, he said, look, the discipline to stay up, to pray, to visit, to make your own schedule, if you are not a disciplined person, you will not do it. Yeah. And that most people who say they are full-time, they are sleeping. That is why they scream, but there's no power. He told us, he said, look, which one we said to go and find me? That's the anointing. So what you told me? He said, look, it's the most, full-time ministry is one of the most difficult. People don't understand it. It means, you see, you have to dip. And he was saying that he has to, it, it, it's difficult because it requires a lot of self-discipline. Nobody's going to tell you wake up and pray. Nobody will tell you to fast. Nobody's in the room. Nobody's in the room. You can watch television all night and come up and say, praise the Lord. Nobody saw it, but God saw. That's what he told us. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. So it's not for lazy people. That is why, look. I'm giving you, that is why if you look in the Bible, see, if you look at, most of the people who were very anointed, who God used, were very hardworking. <laughs> oh, please. Take Moses. Moses. Who wrote most of the Bible were written by Moses. The prince of Pharaoh, highly educated, very intelligent, studied on that in the in the course of Pharaoh and wrote the laws. Apart from Jesus Christ, nobody did more miracles than Moses. That's and he was highly educated. See, see that thing that uh, anointed us, nobody should go to school. No. Stop it. It's a village mentality. Okay. It's like it's like we think that and. Uh, uh, once you are educated, you cannot be anointed. Is the, the one who don't understand English. Quiet, quiet. Please, please, stop, stop, stop. Don't bring yourself. I'm not saying you cannot be, but don't, 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 don't let people deceive that this with this education, they're using intelligence. Let me tell you something. Anointed people are highly educated. Moses! Very hardworking! And, and apart from Christ, nobody did more miracles than Jesus Christ. 
So this type of people, they say, oh, I saw like QFC Lighthouse, all their pastors, they are educated in school. Let me tell you something, let me tell you something. Anointing has nothing to do with education. You can be, you will be educated and very anointed. Please. Bishop is, Bishop Dagon, this is highly educated. I sat in class with him, very intelligent, but highly anointed. Please. Because we don't come with powder in our face and wear long shoes, you think we are not anointed. No, don't believe it at all. Moses was very anointed. Paul, highly educated. Yeah. In fact, I don't know of anybody who God used mightily who was lazy. Even Elisha, when Elijah called him, he had a business. Elisha had a business. He was running. Elisha group of Elisha farms. He had cows. Don't don't sit there and be unemployed and say, "Well, I'm going to the ministry." Please, God does not need you. Get a job. Be disciplined, and God will use you. <laughs> That's why Bishop, look, and look, Bishop Dagger, one of the most anointed wise people, he, he will tell you, he, before he even brings you food, you will check your work ethic. Because it's not for the lazy. It's a treasure hidden. You see, if you are not used to the discipline of studying, going to school, waking up, doing homework, do you think that you can have that discipline to wake up and pray on your own? Let's be serious. Or read Bible on your own, let's be serious. I'm preaching. Let's be serious. The guy is called used. Elisha. All the disciples Jesus crossed, they were doing something. Nobody was idle. From Peter fishing, Matthew had a tax letter, Philip, Luke, the physician, everybody was doing something. Yes, because it was God who created Adam. And the first thing he did was get a job. Because that discipline that discipline is necessary to pursue the anointing. You, can't, you don't have the discipline to do homework. Do you think you can wait on God? Hallelujah. It's a treasure. Laziness will cut you off from the anointing. Laziness. Laziness will cut you off. You are lazy, you cannot be anointed. Because the anointing is not for lazy people. It's a treasure. Hidden. And your lazy self will not get you there. I'm preaching. You must be disciplined to fast. You must be disciplined to pray. It's discipline. Hallelujah. It's a treasure. It's a good message. It's a treasure. It's a treasure. And God needs that character in us to find it. Amen. Full-time ministry is one of the most difficult things. I have no idea. If you, if, if you are doing it well. Because you are, if you are doing it the other way, then that's after you. Yes. But if you are doing it well, to receive the anointing is very difficult. I, see, I know Bishop that personally. It's not been Sometimes the, the, the things that he goes through. I would say, hey, can a human be, be that disciplined and spiritual like that? Uh, it's not easy. At all. Discipline. Waiting upon God. Yeah. It's a treasure. It's a treasure. 
That is why, by the way, we are continuing our prayer. We haven't stopped. All right, all right. We are continuing. Okay? We are still continuing the UFF. Unbroken, fluctuating fasting. So, we are going back. So, tomorrow, Monday is off. Tuesday, 4 to 6. We are praying again. Praying 4 to 6 in the morning. We are praying again. We are going to get prayer uh, leaders and prayer duty. And please, if you have prayer duty, you better come and pray because I'll be watching you. <laughs> I'll be checking the row. Because I want us to learn the discipline of waking up to pray. Waking up to pray. Waking up to pray. It will help you. It's a good trait to learn. The ability to wake up in the morning and pray. And it takes discipline. You see, if you, if you slept at 10 and you have to go to be in the office by 7, and you, you know, it takes a lot of discipline to wake up at 4. Yeah, but it's a good discipline. If you want to get the anointing. Hallelujah. It breaks the yoke. You have an assignment, homework. You need that anointing. Amen. You see, that's what it is. It's a treasure. Hallelujah. So it means that uh, to be anointed, it will cost you something. <laughs> yeah. It will cost you something. And it, you see, the Bible says, he, he goes and sells it. All that he has. You have to sell something. There's a price. That is why when James and John came to Jesus Christ, he said, look, Lord, when you enter your kingdom, I sit on the left, you sit on the right. They, were, see, they wanted the post and the glory. Jesus said, oh, really? You want to sit on the left? You want to sit on the right? You want the glory? You want people to be calling you, yes, Rev, yes, Rev, yes, Rev. You want the glory? You want that when you come and pack your car, oh, Rev, where are your car keys? Oh, yeah, you want the glory? Oh, today's your birthday, we are singing for you. You want the glory? He just said, oh, you really want the glory? He said, no problem. No problem. I cannot guarantee you that one. But I'm asking you a question, can you drink the cup? Can you drink the cup? Can you endure? Can you drink the cup? Not sleeping, driving, visiting, praying. People accusing you. Can you drink the cup? You want the glory, but can you drink the cup? Hallelujah. So church, there's a price to pay. Amen. Some of, what are examples of the price to pay? The first example I'm talking about is time. The anointing will cost you time. That's, very, that's straightforward. The anointing will always cost you time. You have to, you have to pay the price of time. Listen, you, time, what, what, what do I mean by time? You have to spend time to be anointed. It means, okay, the anointing, the thing that breaks your yoke, the thing that will break the problem in your life, which is called the anointing. You need to spend time to buy it. Required. It means you need to spend time listening to preaching. You, sp- you spend more time watching television. You watch the news. By the way, the news is repeated every hour. And you have listened to it over and over again. But you cannot watch a preaching message for one hour. Listen to radio, 1010 uh, CNN, over and over again. Headline news. Then turn to opera. Why can't you watch Healing Jesus TV? We listen to a message. Even the message, my message on podcast. Why can't you spend some time? Because it takes time. But you're not disciplined. Hallelujah. There's, 
Are you hearing me? It will cost you time. Change your attitude. Spend some time for the word of God. The words that I speak on, John 6 is the three. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. As you hear the word of God, as you listen to preaching, some spirit will enter into you and the Holy Ghost will come into you and the yoke shall be destroyed. I'm giving you a very practical message. You are, you are spending too much time on CNN, which somebody discovers constant negative news or fake news. And you are complaining why your marriage is not working, why your job is not working. No, why don't you soak in the spirit? The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Learn to listen to preaching messages. When you are going to sleep and you can't sleep, turn on, turn, turn on. Let it, even if you are not listening, let it be in the background because they are spirits. Hallelujah. It will cost you time. Yeah. And something, you see, and, 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 and in the same vein, it will, even, uh, it will cost you to be really anointed. You see, it can also cost you even your schedule, changing your schedule. Look, I should never wait for you. I should never, don't, don't force me to adjust my schedule for you. You should adjust your schedule for me. That's what it should be. If you want the anointing, sometimes it will cost a change in your schedule. So don't tell that reverend. Well, if you can't come now, then I'm leaving. Go. I can't come. You need the anointing. You have to adjust your schedule to meet my time. Hallelujah. All right, so that's, that's way of time. Amen. Another thing that it will cost you is humility. Yeah, that's a difficult one. To, 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 to receive the anointing, it will cost you your humility. Hallelujah. Because, listen, the Bible says, uh, this scripture, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The treasure, the anointing. It's in a treasure vessel. That the excellency of the power may be of God, a lot of us. So let me tell you something. God has designed it that way. He has put the anointing in a human being. If he had put it, he put it in an angel. You don't have a problem. But it's in a man. That means that, it, that means there's a price of humility. Because it's, you ask yourself that this person that I am coming to, can I listen to him? Can I obey him? He's telling me this. And unless you humble yourself, because sometimes you, you are even richer than the person. You know more than the person. More educated. But it will cost you humility. You must humble yourself. You must humble yourself. You must humble yourself. The anointing will cost you humility. The price of humility. Yeah. Because you have to deal with a man. Church, I'm preaching. Are you hearing me? Humility is required. Because the, what, you are, what you are looking for, the treasure, it's in the man. And the man is not perfect. You see, if the man was perfect, you don't have a problem. The guy is not perfect. The guy has some, some things in his life that don't line up to your expectation anyway. 
That's your expectation. But he still carries the oil. So it means you need to humble yourself. Humility is required. You have to humble yourself for, for him to lay hands on you. I'm preaching, I tell you. Hallelujah. Humility. Humility. Can he pray for you? Can he pray for you? Can he pray for you? Can he cancel you? Can you serve him? Yeah. As you were saying, he said, I'm selling hotels, but if they, I'm happy to come and serve him. And that was the, that was, that was, he needed that anointing to break that yoke. See, that's the anointing. Can you serve him? That broke the barrenness. Serve him. Yeah. And you see, if the person higher above you, but sometimes the person, you are even serving somebody that you are older than, can you serve him? You are serving somebody that you are richer than, can you serve him? You are serving somebody that you are more intelligent than, or you are serving somebody that you are more handsome than, can you serve him? Have you seen what humility is required? Because under normal circumstances, he's not the person you will go to. But you have to humble yourself. Hallelujah. So it will cost you humility. Hallelujah. That's where the problem is. That is actually where the problem is. That is why you are blessed. That's just by the side. Just by the way. That's why you are more blessed if God gives you a prophet who stands out in public without blemish. It makes it easy for you. Because some pastors, if you're under them, you need to be more humble to serve them. But some pastors, naturally, you can, this one I can say. So you are even blessed. It's actually a blessing to have a man. That's, that, that's what someone said that I have, they, since I've been with you, I have not taken anybody's bread. So it's easy to serve a pastor who can say that, look, I've not taken anybody's bread. But a pastor who has taken somebody's bread, I still anointed. You see, that one requires more grace. <laughs> It's not as you, but it's humility is required. All right. So number one is what? Dying. Number one is what? Dying. Number two is what? Okay, let me go to number three, then we'll close. All right, I don't know I can go to four. Number three, the, it will, it, it will, the cost of openness, you need to be open. You need to be open. Openness. Listen to me. Don't be secretive around the anointing. It will not benefit you. Amen. <laughs> I'm preaching. Thank you, You're so secretive. You're so secretive. The anointing will benefit you when you open up. That's right. Yeah. Are you open? It will cost you your, in other words, it will cost you your privacy. Some private aspect of your life needs to be exposed to the anointing. Stop saying that, well, you know, Reverend, this, this area is private. Okay, keep your private disease. <laughs> Let me show you the scripture. Second Kings chapter 5, verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. Now, <laughs> I'm closing here. Now, Naaman. Captain of the host of the king of Syria was what? Oh, please read it. Was what? Was what? Was a great man with what? And what? He was number one, he was great. Number two, he was what? Because by him the Lord had deliverance unto Syria. 
Number three, he was what? What a guy. Great man, honorable, mighty man. What a great guy. But what's at the bottom? What's at the bottom? I said, what's at the bottom? He was what? A leper. A leper. A leper. He was great. He was honorable. He was mighty. But he was a leper. 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 What I'm telling you, exposing your leprosy does not make you weak. It does not diminish you. It is for your own good. You see, don't come out. Some of you come out looking so great, like everything is perfect. Everything is okay. You are there's a leprosy somewhere. But he was a leper. But he was a leper. So don't come presenting that you are all that. Everything is okay. No. There is a leprosy somewhere. There's a leprosy somewhere. And unless you expose, what did the girl know? It means she ex- he exposed his leprosy to the girl. That's why the girl said, there is a man who can heal you. If never had COVID himself, he would not have been healed. No matter how great you are, there is a leprosy somewhere. It was a leper. But it was a leper. I'm sure you look. Your leprosy does not reduce you. Everybody got leprosy. Everybody, one way, everybody, one way that has the leprosy somewhere. So stop pretending. Tell your neighbor, stop pretending. Don't cover your leprosy. You see, that is why, look, I'm, you may not agree with me, but accept it because I'm preaching under the unction. You see, that is why you make a mistake. If there's a problem in your marriage, your husband is doing something and you hide it from the pastor. No, I'm, I'm saying, t- don't tell everybody, but let the pastor know. Don't wait till it becomes, gets out of hand. Preaching. Because letting your pastor know about the problem in your marriage is not gossip. You are asking for healing. And by the way, if the pastor is really anointed, you will not be surprised. Because he knows that all, all flesh is flesh. <laughs> So he's not surprised. Uh, 99.9, I'm not surprised. Me. Oh, no, no, please. Oh, you have seen, I've heard it before. <laughs> Let's come on, please. You are the one who thinks that you are the one who wants to present a facade. Facade is English word. Science student, we can speak English. <laughs> it's a facade. You know, I'm not fully. I'm not moved at all. Listen to me. Having a problem does not decrease your greatness. Are you hearing me? But he was a leper. He was mighty. He did great things. But he had a personal problem. It does not reduce you. It's actually great to expose your problem to be healed. One time, in the early days, we were having, used to have PF5. You know, Pastor Bishop had his PFI. My wife is laughing because she knows the story. <laughs> she knows all my stories. Maybe I should change my stories. <laughs> she knows all the stories. You don't know it. But at least she confirms. You had a PFI. Hey. You know, people are talking about, they were talking about, you know, like newly married couples, all young married couples. Everybody so. We're all talking about, you know, problems in marriage. 
So Bishop will say, oh, oh look, sometimes my sister, my mommy, so she irritates me. Da, 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 da. So, mm, you bishop too. Mm. <laughs> then Bishop said, all of us were talking. There was one couple. <laughs> the guy came, so well, it looks like you guys have a lot of problems. We're all young. But between me and my wife, it's peace. We're always flowing. We never quarrel this other words. Bishop said, get up, get up again. <laughs> Please. Please. Bishop said, listen to me. <laughs> yes. And later on, he found that he was not telling the truth. Oh, give me a break. Yeah. Later on, he found he was not telling the truth. What about yesterday? What he was saying, the rest of us, we believe, though. So Bishop was listening. <laughs> You see, so you are better off exposing the leprosy and getting healed. Naaman was great. The leprosy does not demean you. Church, are you hearing me? There's an anointing to heal, but you have to expose yourself to the anointing. Hallelujah. There's an anointing to heal. There's an anointing to save. Expose yourself. Don't cover things until they are too late. There's an anointing to heal. There's an anointing to heal. Whatever leprosy you have. So you have a leper, a leper of gossip. A leper of fornication. A leper of lying. A leper of uh, sexual misdemeanors. Science student, I'm speaking. They don't understand misdemeanor. Yeah. Listen. He sent forth his word to heal us. Let us all acknowledge that great people also have leprosy. And that your leprosy does not belittle you. The leprosy does not mean that you don't count. Hallelujah. But if it is not at all, it is a way for you to experience a miracle. Stand up to your feet and let's close. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's pray.
thank you this afternoon. We thank you for your presence and your spirit. With every eye closed and every head bowed. You are here this afternoon. You are not born again. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Before we leave this place, I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man if you gain the whole world and loses your soul? It is appointed unto man once to die and after that judgment. Salvation is found only in the name of Jesus. Anybody here this afternoon, you are not born again, you are not sure whether you go to heaven or hell when you die. For a few seconds, with every eye closed and every head bowed, please lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. Let you ask your hand go. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Wow. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. Thank you. There is always room at the cross for you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you. Lift up. Say after me, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. This afternoon. This afternoon. I thank you. I thank you. For salvation. For salvation. Thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ. To die for me. To die for me. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord to be seated. Are you blessed this afternoon? Hallelujah. May you never know heat in the time of drought. I receive it. When everywhere is drying, may you flourish. I receive it. May you be like the tree planted by the rivers of water. I receive it. May the God who break the brass and the iron break every opposition and every resistance in your path receive promotion two levels up in Jesus name amen wow amen we hope that you've been blessed Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.